Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's bi-weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor at Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm also co-editor of PW Comics World. I'm the graphic novel review editor for Publishers Weekly and the editor of The Beat at www.comicsbeat.com. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And I also write for Publishers Weekly Comic World, for PW Comic World, and The Beat. All right, let me run down the list of items we're going to be talking about today. Uh, Very quickly... uh, uh, Amazon's Kindle Fire and the uh, and its exclusive deal with um, with DC Comics to uh, sell their graphic novels uh, via the new device. Uh, graphically, um, graphically, Facebook um, Comics reading app, Image Comics goes day and date with uh, digital. Uh, uh, the new iPhone and, and certainly we're all going to say a few words in tribute to uh, the great Steve Jobs. Uh, um, we've got some news items. Um, Haven Distribution closing. Um, Ski. (laughs) You know, I I, I don't know. Give me his whole name. Jim Sokolowski. Jim Sokolowski leaving Marvel. Uh, I was out in San Francisco for eight, my first time visit, so I have a few things to say about that. New York Comic Con is coming up. We're going to talk a little bit about what we're going to be doing there. Uh, And, of course, Heidi McDonald's got a panel. Um, we're going to talk, of course, about the new 52. We're going to wrap up um, the last of the number one issues. Um, and then we're going to have a, uh, a section of news briefs. So let's get right to it. Um, Amazon uh, is, um, has released a new device and a new deal with DC Comics. Exclusive. That's right. Uh, the, uh, the Kindle Fire has caught fire with the imaginations of tablet buyers because it's only $199. And right off the bat, the very first exclusive announcement that they made was that they were going to be carrying 100 DC graphic novels uh, for the Kindle, including some that had never been available yep. digitally before, such as Watchmen. And uh, so this is a pretty big deal. Uh, DC and Amazon have both been teasing that there is more to come. Yes. Um, this 100 books is only the beginning, um, but it's a pretty pretty huge deal. It's, a, it's an amazing deal, particularly uh, when we start talking about the pricing. Um, I think they're going to be $9.99, uh, approximately half the price, uh, the list price. Uh, we haven't heard too much information about um, how this is going to affect uh, physical retailers. Uh, I'm sure they're very concerned about it. Um, we don't know a lot about the format, um, but, but if Amazon's history is any indication, uh, you will be able to read these graphic novels on other devices. I, I suspect as much, but we'll find out. Well, also unknown is really what uh, what role Comixology plays in all this. Good, now, the Comixology point. app was featured very prominently in the rollout of the Kindle, but not... Uh, by name, however, uh, its logo and app was right there on the the, the screenshot of the Kindle. So, um, and there was some um, uh, tweeting that kind of indicated that Comixology was was involved in this, but they have not made any public comment. They haven't said anything about it. 
Um, so we don't really know. And, you know, Comixology offers uh, comics in their own kind of pan and scan format. The guided view. Guided view, technology. right. Uh, and and uh, Amazon's role indicated that their graphic novels would also be available in what sounded a lot like the guided view. So yes, we don't, we're not sure if, if Comixology is involved in Well, that. as it turned out, uh, the weekend I spent in San Francisco, uh, where I was able to go to APE, I was really there to cover a, um, an e-reading, the digital publishing uh, conference, and there was much discussion of the of the Kindle Fire, um, more often about expectations of whether or not, like Apple, uh, Amazon intends to lock the platform down. I, it's an Android platform that Amazon has tweaked to its own specifications. I expect that there will be apps, and probably apps by other retailers on there. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, whether or not you, you will face the same limitations that you do on an Apple device, for instance, you've got to make all your sales through the Apple purchasing system, remains to be seen. But these are some of the issues that are surrounding this new device, which, by the way, is a full-color, um, um, high-res screen tablet, 7 inches, so it's smaller than the iPad. Um, uh, and there's, there's, um, it's pretty much agreed that Amazon is probably going to come back next year with a larger um, screen device as well. Wow. Well, it's just the lowering of the price. I mean, there's a lot of people who want to get an iPad, and uh, $500 is just too big sure. an entry point right sure. now. And so I think at $200, a lot more people are going to take the plunge. So it's going to happen very quickly, well, I, it's, I think. Well, in many ways, the device uh, has is following the lead of uh, Barnes & Noble's Nook. Um, also a 7-inch device, also a kind of um, semi-tablet that offers multimedia, you know, uh, content consumption, but is $250, um, and much the same way uh, an Android tablet that BNN um, sort of developed to its own specifications. So both of these tablets uh, present an interesting model. They're really designed to show off the content offerings of their retailer masters. Right. So they have kind of set a standard for how you compete with the iPad which is that you don't compete with the iPad. Um, well, it's very clear that uh, on the Kindle, the reason the price is so low is because they plan to offer all this exclusive uh, content. And the fact, again, it's very mm -hmm. impressive that DC was the very first one that they, yeah, they announced. Absolutely. Because they were right on the ball. Uh, absolutely. in the news. Yes, definitely there. Um, of course, that wasn't the only uh, technologically digital comics-related uh, news item that we had this week. And in fact, it's just coming fast and furious, and, and it's it's really beginning. I think the digital news is kind of beginning to catch it's up with becoming the, all the news. Yeah, really. So another... Uh, <laughs> Uh, another announcement that came since last we gathered here was that Graphically has uh, created a f embeddable Facebook yeah. comics reading app. And I, I'm not all that into Facebook, so I, I didn't fool around with it that much. But apparently now you can just put, put your comics on your page using this application. Well, the, the idea is that you can more put your comic previews on there. Yeah, like exactly you right. can, can show off to all your friends, try to get them to read whatever comic it is you're reading, by embedding it in your Facebook, and what it also does for graphically publishers, it, it's giving them, uh, you know, a it's platform of seven hundred million people yes. to, you know, to present their comics, to present previews, um, to, you know, to do some testing. Uh, but it's a, but 
For the number of people that are on Facebook, it makes absolute sense to, to I mean, create some kind of an app like this. It, it makes perfect sense. I personally dislike Facebook intensely, <laughs> but <laughs> I am a comics fan, and I know that there is nothing that comics fans like more than to try to get each other to read each other's favorite comics. That's right. That's and right. To, and it makes, it's, makes perfect sense to try to harness that sheer, you know publicity goodwill on the part of your fans and let your fans be your ambassadors. I mean, if there are more things like this for different platforms in a year or two, I will be surprised and disappointed. Yes, yes. But uh, that wasn't all that Graphically no. was doing. And no. I think that they were kind of hinting that they were going to be on the Kindle, too, in one of their releases this week. So, no. uh, but they never also, know with the Kindle. They, they yeah. also know, they've been hinting quite a bit, but one thing they announced was that they were going to be carrying Images Comics yes. uh, day and day. Yes. And which, uh, f but it said it was the entire line. Of Images Comics would be available day and date, which of course is a new uh, new development, uh, yeah. joining DC, Archie, and Dynamite as uh, day and date <laughs> publishers. And um, but those Marvel, people who may not know, I mean, Graphically is a um, uh, a digital vendor and a, and a channel for for distributing uh, digital comics. Um, and they are also uh, this prompted Comicsology to also put out a, a press release stating that they were going to carry Images top books. Um, which kind of set off a little bit of a distributor war. So, because Comicsology is the other app that is, uh, you know, well known for its comics. So it's not quite clear exactly who or what or you know who was carrying all the books. Were either of them carrying all the books? Uh, I, I've come to understand that neither of them is carrying all the books. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Image makes it available to the individual creator. All their books are creator owned, whether they want to go day and date. But uh, anyway, more books day and date. Um, Forty percent of all this week's yeah. new comics releases were. Uh, simultaneous, available simultaneously. Digital and print, print. same so, day. This is so quickly becoming the norm. Yeah. Uh, and once again, um, the news that we're hearing is that digital releases are sending people to retailers, to physical retailers, looking for more comics. Absolutely. So, more to come. Yes, indeed. <laughs> on more to that come. Topic. Um, so there was also the announcement of the new iPhone this yeah. week, the iPhone 4S, which, you know, does what it tells you to do. It's a little yeah, genie inside. Yeah, it's got this, the, the Siri, um, artificial intelligence. Um, it's interesting because the tech blogs were almost un unanimously bored uh, by this announcement because, you know, it wasn't a radical new redesign uh, of the iPhone. It wasn't iPhone 5. But, boy, oh, boy, uh, speaking of someone who has a Palm Pre, WebOS, um, you know, the operating system walking dead, mm -hmm. um, I'm getting an iPhone <laughs> 4S. Uh, it, it, they have ripped out the guts of this thing. It's uh, got a new chip. It's much faster. It's a world phone, so it works on both of the two separate systems. You can use it in the U.S. and around the world. Um, all the other cool stuff. So yes, I'll be uh, most likely reading my comics on, on my iPhone as well as my iPhone. Of course, the announcement of the new iPhone 4S came just the day before the very tragic news that Steve Jobs had died, which wasn't unexpected, but it still came as a shock because he's really been such a huge part of the world 
for the last 20 years and it's it's really amazing that a guy who just ran a computer company would be eulogized by the president yeah. of the United States by uh, just leaders worldwide, leaders of industry, celebrities. I mean, it was yeah. it was uh, like Twitter crashed yeah. with the news. Yeah, yeah without a doubt. And um, I, as as uh, I believe Obama, President Obama himself said, it was uh, how fitting that so many people found out the news of his death on a device that he had invented. Without a doubt. Um, what can you say? The guy made computers uh, more than things. Um, he, he came up with an operating system and subsequent functionality that just made these things seamless parts of your life. Yeah. Um, they were, you know, he turned a piece of metal into something more than that. Uh, it, it, you know, you know, it's your friend. It's like a pet. I don't know what, I don't know what to say. Uh, is it that Steve Jobs was uh, a really uh, interesting and different kind of guy? Right, and I mean every single uh, obituary, the first words, first sentence was the word visionary, and he really uh, was. He the, was just somebody who could foresee yeah. all this stuff, you know, and this, make it happen, and yeah. to make it happen. Absolutely. And uh, you know, according to those who interviewed him and worked with him, he could also be a, you know a real prat to work with. Yeah, he was apparently. difficult, but apparently, <laughs> with a but great, that has nothing to do with yeah. greatness. Exactly, it yeah. doesn't really. So. Uh, you know, it was the kind of greatness that really did uh, change things. So, all right. Uh, moving on, uh, distribution news. Haven Distribution is closing. Uh, a small press distributor um, that took over the business of Cold Cut in uh, two thousand eight. Uh, uh, another, right now defunct. Another yes. Uh, small press distributor. Um, I don't know all the details, though. I did notice that the um, and, and I'm, I'm losing his name. The fellow that is Lance directing, Stahlberg. Lance Stahlberg. Uh, seemed to lay the whole thing at the feet of the owner. Yes. Saying he didn't give him the resources to really grow the business. Well, yeah, it was a pretty clear uh, yeah, idea <laughs> that he didn't, you know, that, uh, but apparently that's what really was important about the business is that this uh, owner, whose name is unknown to us, had invested in buying Cold Cut, but then never really wanted to grow it. You know, distribution is not a huge moneymaker. It's a mm -hmm. business of margins and you know, if yeah. you buy a distributorship thinking you're going to make tons of money, uh, you're not, you yeah. are going to be disappointed by <laughs> you're your returns. Be brutally disappointed. Yes. But to buy a business and not invest in it, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense either. No, and... Uh, not everyone's good at business, especially in comics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but Stahlberg is uh, pretty well thought of by the people mm -hmm. he worked with. Uh, Haven really only carried a few publishers um, that were not diamond exclusive so they specialized in things like Boom um, Slave Labor and some other smaller publishers but Stahlberg seems to think he'll, he'll be back he yeah, seems to I think that there's money there because diamond is is you know there is room for another distributor to get books that diamond sold out of so there's the only one guy left on the small press well, there's Indy Last circuit. Gasp also. But oh, there is Last, last Gasp. gasp yeah, but, very good point, yeah. Last Gasp. And there's but, some uh, Tony Shenton. Tony Shenton. Yeah, yes. Shenton, excuse Shenton. me. And uh, who's just a one-man yeah. uh, rack jobber, really, who mm. goes around the old-school way. In the old-fashioned way. the old-fashioned <laughs> way and hand sells comics. What part of the country is he located? Well, he's here in New York, but, mm. I mean, he calls up uh, different stores mm. around the nation and sells um, indie comics and... Uh, you know, but like I said, hand cells. I mean, very small, but like Pigeon Press and Picture Box mm -hmm. and the Box Brown's new Reliant co comics. So, yeah, just tiny little, tiny little accounts. Yeah. Um, Jim Sokolowski? Oh, uh, yes. Um, 
other news, a lot of business news this week. Uh, just breaking news today in that uh, Jim Sokolowski, uh, Marvel's chief operating officer, was uh, is no longer at Marvel. And uh, we really don't know too much more than that. But I can, I can say that he was in charge of circulation, um, a lot of operations, talent management. and uh, But it's also the only the latest in a bunch of people who were kind of in the circulation department being let go at Marvel, which is a very little-known story, uh, but anyway, as I, I, I wouldn't want to speculate uh, about what happened with Ski. He is very well regarded in the industry. He had a previous stint at Marvel that lasted many years, then went to DC, and then came back to Marvel. So he was headhunted by both companies, essentially. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully he'll land on his feet, because he's a really smart guy and also a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> And it's refreshing to be talking about Marvel again. I know, really, <laughs> with, yes. With this new 52 Well, Marvel also has a new thing. They sent out postcards to all retailers this week announcing a big announcement. Announcing an announcement or teasing a big announcement okay. at New York Comic Con. Well, so you have to time. go to the Cup of Joe panel, and it's called... Uh, it's so it'll coming. be at the Cup of Joe panel? Yes, the Cup of Joe out? panel, okay. yes. yes. Okay, uh, let's see. I'm going to just give a brief re- recap of my trip to San Francisco. My first uh, uh, trip to San Francisco and my first... Uh, visit to the Alternative Press Expo, APE, as it's otherwise known. Um, really, I guess one of the premier um, indie, small press, self-published, mini-comics um, festival uh, on the West Coast. Um, it's interesting to go there after going to um, SPX because it's essentially the same demographic. But uh, I was blown away by the venue, although I'm told by uh, San Francisco natives that people sort of think it's kind of out of the way. But it was, uh, it's, I thought it was perfect for an independent comics festival. Uh, spacious, a mix of natural and artificial light. Um, you know, it, it's, it's set up so, the, the, so that the show can grow. Apparently it has grown enormously over the last few years. Um, um, people seem to love it, though there was pretty much everyone I talked to said sales tend not to be so great. Uh, they apparently make more money on the East Coast, but everyone loves to attend it. Um, uh, let's see, I was able to talk a little bit with Adrian Tomini. Um, I'm, I'm sure I meant to pronounce his name. I apologize, uh, Adrian. Um, Jason Shiga, we talked with a little bit. Um, I, and um, I was also impressed that I, once again, much like SBX, I can find things there that, uh, you know, that you just don't see any other place. Uh, I also was able to spend a little time at Viz Media, which is also based in San Francisco, right near the Fisherman's Wharf, and uh, spend some time uh, walking through their beautiful offices, talking with people, and you can see the photograph, the photographic record of our trip uh, on the at publishersweekly.com/comics on our PW Comics World page. So that's enough about that me was, in San that Francisco. That sounded like a lot of fun, and uh, you're back just in time. I, I, oh, I, one other sure. th- I just want to say, you know, you mentioned that people seem to spend more on the East Coast. I mean, Ape the Rap is always that people don't spend a lot of money. It's the thing you hear also about Stumptown in Portland, another indie show. So oh, yeah, it's so. like these West Coast... Uh, <laughs> it's because they're not giving up the West cash. West Coast, yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot Come of browsing. you got to actually buy the stuff. A lot of browsing, you know? apparently, yeah. and, uh, uh, while it's staying in the pockets. Um, but anyway, back to the East Coast, and we're all here girding up. Uh, as you listen to this, we'll be in the throes, probably absolutely. just in the rictus of, of ta- fear and terror and panic as yes, we yes. ready uh, for New York Comic Con this year, which yeah. is just coming at us like a freight train. Full immersion into and, the uh, yes. New York 
Comic-Con uh, whirlwind. So we'll, but we'll all have a uh, bevy of uh, activities going on there. Um, I'm doing a panel on Friday at 1.30 called the Comic Book History of the World. We'll be looking at some new projects and some past projects with some great writers, uh, Ben McCool, Fred Van Lente, and Greg Pack as they talk about uh, cool. try awesome. explaining the world through Gr comics. Great panel. Great panel. Yeah, I uh, really want to be there. There's lots of stuff, you know, and far too much to list, but, uh, you know, just uh, on Thursday alone, um, uh, Comics Pro, the retailer's organization, is going to have a, a series of panels, uh, including a breakfast. Um, and also, there's a bunch of panels focused on libraries, um, in particular, a digital comics uh, and libraries panel. Um, uh, that will be held, I think it's roughly in the mid-morning, so something to look forward to. On Friday, Viz is planning some sort of big digital announcement, so that, that's something to look forward to as well. Um, there's a lot more announcements coming. We just alluded to Marvel's. It's coming. Um, I've heard that uh, several of the digital providers we've been talking about will have some big announcements at the show. Uh, so there's definitely more to come there. Um, oh, one and other thing. Speaking of more to come. More to come. Yes, we'll be having an open house at our booth to talk to prospective writers. If you've ever wanted to write for PW Comics World, and who doesn't? That's right. This is your chance to present yourself to Calvin Reed and myself, Heidi McDonald and Kate Fitzsimons. We will all be at the booth and uh, between 2 and 4 o'clock on Sunday, on Sunday. Af afternoon. Now, if you've survived the con that far, uh, stop by, say hi, introduce yourself, drop off some clips. Uh, we are always looking for new writers here, and, um, you know, it's a great opportunity to just get together and uh, see who you are. So come by and say hi. But the booth will be there the entire convention, so you That's can right. stop by and say hi anytime. I'm yes. going to be running it with a crowd of comics-loving volunteers, and there will be a There's raffle. There's a raffle, yes. Yes, yes a, a raffle for fabulous comic prizes. And this time, it's also, there's a, a special raffle for children, yes. for yes. kids. Yes. So kids can a, raffle, too. Exactly. Yes. We've got books for kids, <laughs> books for adults, and, we've, and we're, this is quality stuff, people, so uh, come on by. We, one more thing, the CBLDF party. Oh, yes. All right. Yes. yes. The party's on Thursday night. Um... It's at a location whose name I can't remember, but uh, <laughs> it's very near the Jacob Javits Center. And uh, this year's New York oh, Comic Con yes, has a so different... Oh, Hudson Terrace, that's what there, it's called. Very good. The Hudson Terrace, uh, but I don't remember the address. So, you know, it's... Look a, it up on CBLDF.org. Use your, or use your, your new iPhone and just tell your Siri assistant to yes. look it up for you. Ask them to change your schedule. Yes. But look, <laughs> you can also go to CBLDF.org and... Um, you know, they'll have the information up there uh, also. And also, you can take the time to take a look. Uh, CBLDF has mounting a new uh, fundraising effort called Be Counted. They're trying to raise $100,000. They've got a number of new cases facing them, um, protecting your right to read your comics. Um, and on fact, your device. On your devices of choice. So um, go to CBLDF.org and, and give them some cash. And keep the sniffer dogs out of your hard drive. That's yes. right. That's, That's right. right. That's right. Oh. And where are we here? Um, and now it's time for a new 52. Yeah. Well, we're, Which we're, we're wrapping the, up. The final week of reviews uh, should be going up this week. Um, uh, oh, shit. <laughs> yes, which means Heidi hasn't done hers, but we'll get them out there soon enough. I know I've done mine. I'll have mine. to figure out how to put a bleep in on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, 
anything leap out um, uh, that you guys would like to talk about? Well, um, I'm sick of the new fish. Well, I think well, it's just in time. Just it's time. time. Yeah, I think a well, month was enough. Okay. Uh, the new uh, the new number twos are actually out this week, so we're yeah. lagging so far behind. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. it's a but we're not reviewing those. Uh, no. <laughs> actually, but we'll talk about them on future podcasts. Actually, I will keep up with the next month of the new fifty two, and I will read all fifty two yes, number twos as a follow up. Yeah. How she rolls. <laughs> well, I'm going to read some of them. Um, I, I would like to, I, I'd like to actually point out um, uh, Voodoo by Ron Mars. Uh, did the writing on it, and um, the artist, I believe his name Sammy, Sammy Vazry. Vazry. Yeah. I, I, I Personally, I think that this is going to be the hit of the 52, in my view. Maybe everyone may not agree Calvin. with that. But I love it's the a book. book about a stripper. That's right, but you know what? It's well-written. Uh, it's <laughs> it's well-rounded. It's well-rounded in all the right places. Oh, um, Mars has written a, a great setup story that, that keeps you interested and ready in it. And you know what? Uh, she may be a hot babe, but she's a nasty alien under all of that makeup. It's really the best possible man-eating alien stripper comic you could want. I if agree. you want a man-eating alien stripper comic. There you go. It's a really... Well, she didn't eat him. She just... Well, I can't tell you that. Go uh, on. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to... No spoilers. Calvin, you just did spoil that. <laughs> but uh, I will say this. When people saw the preview art for Voodoo with a stripper... Uh, everybody was like, oh my god, what's happening? But it, it definitely, it, the story kind of justifies it, although it still has page after page of her uh, stripping and you Doesn't know, bother lots me. of crotch shots <laughs> and so that. Well, uh, now we know who that It book. is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. Obviously, Read this, it and decide obviously for this book has been, uh, has been a hit with one reader. There you I go. Think. This so, one, but I, once, one, you know, one once again, I, I thought uh, of the books that I've read thus far, the, the, uh, the I have one more to read, but um, I'll say Aquaman was really surprised. Jeff Johns really did a great job of dealing with the character and um, that's a tough job that's a tough job yeah Uh, I'd say yeah (laughs) Um, and it takes uh, work man definitely but uh, Jeff was definitely up to the task and um, you know that was a pleasant surprise but uh, I still think of the books that I read I think the pick of the litter was the two Scott Snyder books um, with Swamp Thing and his take on Batman was great Um, I loved Wonder Woman Um, I really got a kick out of Frankenstein um and uh, some of the other books uh, were not, not not as good. But uh, anyway, yeah, that's yeah. it. It's over. It happened. And, yeah, you know, my, it's a yeah. special well, time. We'll look but, back but on my, Hey, I didn't get to talk uh, no. about mine. Yes, of course. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> Sorry, it just seemed like we were getting to the more to come point. No, no. Um, <laughs> I will say that I was shocked pleasantly by Teen Titans. Because I have to say, <laughs> a lot of people have written well. Teen Titans really badly in the past and I love Teen Titans so that always makes me sad and given the other books written by this author this time around I was I admit uh, a little skeptical but despite the fact that the art is so sketchy that like frequently somebody's eyes are literally the size of dimes and or they have faces that do not occur in nature in any way not even in like someone's fondest dreams, it's certainly not attractive. The storytelling is actually very good. It is a book that will appeal to teenagers, um, will appeal to the general audience, is actually exciting, actually gets the characters right so far. Uh, I found nothing to complain about it, and I'm certainly going to be reading it again next month. Um, as far as what was best over the, the long run um, of the whole 
New 52. I still really love Demon Knights. I mean... You know, I, I like Demon I'm Knights, coming too. Back, I'm coming back to that I one. I like Demon Knights as well. Um, I am also going to be checking out to see the next issue of... I mean, I'm going to be checking out everything, but for my own personal amusement, I'm going to be checking out um, Blue Beetle to see if what's happening there. And I'm also going to be checking out Wonder Woman and Supergirl. All right. Uh, but, you, you know, with the the new 52, no matter what we think of it, artistically, commercially, it was a huge, yes. huge, huge, huge success. May I, it continue it, to be so. Yes. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't say I hope it continues. I hope the good books continue to do well. well no, I just, meant, I just meant I hope that the DC continues the to yeah. do well financially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes, well, uh, so. I do, but I, I also feel yeah. like some of the books were so bad. Like, well, I mean, they, I mean, yes. but I mean, they could have done. I mean, they didn't have time yeah. to do good books. But well, I would rather it's, it's see them book. succeed with oh, good books yeah. than well, for instance, well, I mean, crappy the books. Dark Batman, Dark Knight, which I reviewed. Now, there's nothing wrong with this book at all. It, yeah. You know, in fact, it's pretty good for showing off Batman right. coming out of the dark. You know, looking grim and ripped. Um, so, you know, it's not a revolutionary change. No. Um, but it's Batman. But I'm I'm just trying to say like this line was incredibly hyped, very successfully hyped. Yeah, like yeah. I would say that would none of these books had they just been released as uh, you know a regular monthly new number one would have come anywhere near the heights that they've reached. So I mean we really are talking about a, a triumph of a total hype over content. There's none of the content here that would have excited people to run out and no, buy 300,000 copies. Not without the, the Except, umbrella of marketing around. Justice League, number yeah. one. And, yeah. you know, which... Right. So, I, I'm just saying, it's like, you know, they could have put uh, some even more adventurous yeah. material or some more uh, challenging material in there and it would have sold just as well. Probably so, yeah. Well, Probably so. You know, um, I mean, I feel like it had the usual readable to unreadable ratio of, of a mainstream <laughs> a comic book. Of unreadable ones. <laughs> Which, yeah, unfortunately means there are going to be a lot of unreadable ones, but I, I feel like they'll, they'll hopefully weed those out. I really hope they'll weed those out. And uh, hopefully business will be yeah, good. And very quickly, just some of my favorites over the course of the thing. Uh, Catwoman. Um, I like Supergirl as well. I think Nightwing may have yeah. some potential. Um... Batwing was good though. Oh yes, and Batwing. Batwing, Batwing a very unusual. This there a, a book that was very unusual um, and actually adventurous. Uh, you know, and and a, a, a superhero book set in Africa and set in this corrupt third world police department. I and, was impressed. Yes, and not only that, but they actually went there of realizing that Africa is not the name of a country. Yeah. And uh, picked an actual real country in Africa, yes. Hello Congo, and um, that's a plus. Yes. All right. Um, and while we're on the new 52, let's very quickly uh, uh, take a look at Superman. George Perez was yeah. yanked off of the writing. The, the well, now, I would say yanked. I think that's a little bit misleading. Well, that was, that He's was, being that allowed was headline. He was allowed to finish his first six-issue right. arc, but he is not going to be writing He is not going to be issues. invited to return. Yes, um, exactly. So. Any thoughts on Superman 1? Uh, well, I I haven't read it yet myself. Uh, it's uh, but I will say that Superman number one is an incredible dichotomy because I saw several readers who 
I believe were probably in the neighborhood of 50 years old who thought it was their favorite book of the whole line. It was the only one they really enjoyed. Well, and like, but for every other reader, it seemed incredibly old-fashioned yeah. and dorky. Well, so uh, I mean, I haven't read it. Nightmare. Yeah, I haven't read it myself yet to, to judge for myself it. whether it's uh, old man comics or uh, you know young man comics. But um, I think there's really a lesson there. Um, you know, we haven't even mentioned the reader survey that they did, speaking oh, of 50-year-olds. Yeah, yes, yes. Oh, yes. DC also launched this reader survey online through A.C. Nielsen, the company which mm -hmm. also does uh, the Nielsen ratings. It's mm -hmm. a very, very uh, uh, respected and expensive yeah. uh, marketing and research company. And uh, people have been doing it, and they get to the end. It takes quite a while. It's very in-depth. You have to rate all 52 of the new 52, plus a, a ringer that they threw in there. And... Uh, many people get to the end and got kicked off. And, and there's been message boards on the beat everywhere talking about people who say, oh, sorry, thanks for your time, but you do not qualify. And they haven't been able to figure out why people don't qualify. Uh, whether because it's they're older than dirt. Which is not to say that did no you one do qualifies. It, I didn't do it. I didn't do okay. it. I did it and I, I qualified. Dirt, so I, I did I'll it. get kicked off. I did it too. And uh, I sort of qualified. But I qualified. <laughs> I qualified with qualifications. Yeah, great. <laughs> I don't know. So, if you, as the reader, qualified or didn't qualify for some interesting reason, be sure to let us know. Yeah. And All now, right. uh, Kate... News uh, briefs. News, news briefs. The Jack Kirby Museum, which has long been a museum with no physical presence in the real world at all, a virtual museum, has now decided to enter the world of flesh and blood with a pop-up location soon to be announced once they figure out where they're renting a location. The Lower East Side, hopefully. Hester Street, of course. Well, it depends on the rent. Well, uh, um, exhibit of the works of the great Jack Kirby in person where you can see them. And that will be something. Yeah. And people are hoping that it will lead to more recognition. And yeah, maybe um, some more donations and so that they can set up a, a regular full time. A real museum would physical, be great. Yeah, facility. Who knows? Maybe they'll make yeah. the announcement at yeah. NYCC. But, Who knows? But, but they have a great website, so go there um, until then. Uh, Albert Uderzo, uh, is that how it's pronounced? Uh, Uderzo. Uderzo. Mm -hmm. The last surviving creator of Asterix is retiring. He has announced that since he's 80-something, he would like to stop making the... <laughs> <laughs> the legendary comic and um, he is going to find a replacement who will continue the series I mean, oh, well that's a great run of course Asterix and Obelix one of the best selling comics worldwide indeed. I think the new the latest uh, albums um, his um, collaborator Rene Gossini died back in the 70s or the 80s I'm, it's been I a should, while it has been, been a while it's been yeah. gone for a while but um, uh, Uderzo co uh, continued on doing the book. Uh, the scripts weren't as funny, but the book sold just as well. I think the last one sold something like 20 million copies right off the bat. So uh, in Europe, Asterix and Obelix are huge, 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 huge. Um, also the subject of an ongoing movie series starring Gerard Depardieu as the bumbling yeah. Gaul Obelix. Though never really seemed to catch on very strongly in this country. Uh, sort of like soccer. No, yeah, it's it's not even as popular as soccer. <laughs> yeah, I don't think yeah, really. It's, it's kind of a, one of those in things. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Ghostini died in uh, 1977, yeah. by the way. So, 
Alex Ross is getting his very own headliner exhibit at the Andy Warhol Museum. So, you know, points for anything that right. recognizes comics as fine art. All right. And can I assume that that's in Pittsburgh? It is indeed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's where Andy Warhol is from. Yes. The CBLDF, the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund, has managed to get its hands on the rights to the Comic Code Authority seal and have said that they are turning this um, symbol of the repression of free speech into a way of funding free speech. They are going to be selling licensed, official Comics Code Authority t-shirts and getting mine. gear getting mine. and yes. everything you can imagine with and that move seal rich on. in comic book history and yeah. irony. Absolutely. Indeed. So, uh, which is, you know, yeah, uh, an ironic move, uh, but for a good cause. The Comics Code Authority was uh, basically a seal that was affixed to comics uh, that certified that it did not have troublesome material in it. It was instituted in the 50s after uh, Frederick Worthen's Seduction of the Innocent uh, and the congressional hearings that, that really set the comics industry back quite, quite a ways. So for a long time, the Comics Code seal was a symbol of uh, set real censorship, really. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, and one more bit of news. Yes. The CDC, that is the National Center for Disease Control, has given a top dollar deal to a small comic book publisher to make them a comic-motion comic to combat the spread of HIV. Terminus Media, a pre-existing comic book company, got $145,000 to produce an anti-HIV comic and make it into a digital comics app and a motion comic. Okay. Okay. Comics, a job for comics. Great. Uh, and I think on that note, that pretty much that's that's pretty much all the news we could possibly stuff into one podcast. So, um, um, so we um, we'll we, see you at New York yes. Comic Con. Uh, we'll be there. Stop by the booth, uh, and we'll have a very special New York Comic Con edition of the that's show. That's right. Next mm -hmm. time it'll be called the "I Lost My Voice" edition. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and until then, more to come. More, more to come. come.